listening to the Section Five podcast. Welcome back to the Section Five podcast. Celtics. Fresh off of the air, thrilling seven-game series against the Raptors. Had a couple of days rest to prepare for the Miami Heat, who have just been on an absolute roll this postseason. Coming into the series, the Heat were 8-1 and one in their last nine playoff games, knocked off the number one seed, Milwaukee Bucks, and they kept it going tonight. They outlasted the Celtics in overtime to win 117-114. to 114. A standout game from Jason Tatum, who had 30 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, three steals, and two blocks to lead the Celtics, but it just wasn't enough. The Celtics were up by as much as 14 points early in the fourth quarter, and double-digit leads aren't what they used to be given the the emphasis on three-point shooting in today's NBA, but still to to blow a 14-point lead in a game that you had very much under control has to be concerning. But it's one game out of seven. Celtics are going to have to make some adjustments, dust themselves off, pick themselves up, and get ready for game two. We're here to discuss game one. We have the whole crew here. In box one, I have Trey. In box two, I have Adam. And in box three, I have Mark. And I want to throw it to you guys first. I have a bunch of thoughts about this game and how it all shook shook out. But, Adam, I I know that you have some pretty – a pretty uh, straightforward – reasoning as to why the Celtics didn't pull this one out tonight. They just stopped running their shit. From watching the game, I feel like we played about 14 to 16 minutes of Celtics basketball where we're, you know, the ball isn't sticking, it's moving. Most guys are taking our two, three dribbles and then letting it go for either, you know, driving kick, better shot for a layup, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. But then it's like, it's just we get so stagnant on offense. The ball sticks. You go a little ISO heavy or we just like, you know, run pick and rolls for one guy to either him create a shot for himself or to take it to the hoop. And Miami was just stuffing us on most of those attempts, whether it was Kemba, whether it was Tatum. Um, that just wasn't working tonight. Um, we 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 just didn't – we just didn't do what, what got us – both the leads in the first half and in the second half. Um, it was great that we finally won a third quarter. That was that was nice to see, but we just, you know, shit the bed in the fourth and gave it all back. Um, give credit to Miami. They they stayed with their system. You know, they kept playing hard D on us. They kept moving the ball on offense, getting getting any shot. They, they seemed like Miami was getting any shot they wanted to, to minus those 14 minutes where we were actually – you know, playing defense and smothering them on their drives. So tough loss, really, really bad loss. And, you know, hopefully we, we, we start playing more than 14, 16 minutes of good basketball and play 48 of those. It's interesting that you point out, you know, we stopped playing Celtics basketball, we stopped moving the ball. And what we shifted over to seemed to be just – Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker two-man game and Kemba Walker just you know he he didn't have it for the majority of the game he did 
have 10 points through the fourth quarter in overtime, and he only had nine points through the first three quarters of the game. But it just seemed strange that not only would they go away from that plan, but they would go and rely so heavily on, on Kemba Walker. And there were a few possessions late in the game, especially during regulation, where it was just give the ball to Kemba, dribble the clock down to like six or six seconds or so, and just try to get something. It was it was very frustrating because you know that that's not Kemba just didn't really have it going, and having the ball stick like that played right into Miami's hands defensively because when the Celtics were moving the ball. Miami couldn't defend them. Uh, so on a night when Kemba Walker just really didn't have it, he went 6-for-19 from the field and only scored 19 points. Is this a situation, Mark, where, you know, Stevens just didn't make adjustments or that Kemba did start to get it going in the fourth and so we tried to stick with them and maybe they, maybe they saw some mismatches there? Because I didn't really understand the Celtic strategy down the stretch. I'm with you. I don't know what the hell they were doing. They, we have said it for months on this podcast. The Celtics offense is the best when they're moving the ball early in the shot clock. Everyone gets their touches. They find their best shot and they either drive to the bucket or they kick for three or they find their open shot through their ball movement. And at the end of this game, it's like they got, they felt like they were comfortable and said, screw it. We have enough points. Let's just run the clock out. And they started just burning the clock. They stand at the, they stand, you know, five, eight feet beyond the three-point line, let the clock get down to about eight seconds or so, and just throw up a prayer or drive into traffic when they know that you have to shoot in the next two seconds or so, and it's a contested shot. Like, I don't know what they, what they were doing there, why they shut it down, and I don't know why Kemba was the guy who had the ball in his hands for all of those possessions. It was absolutely wild. Kemba's been terrible for most of the playoffs. Uh, and it cost them the game down the stretch. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate because that's been the story the entire season, like you said. I mean, we're not the only ones who've seen it. We're not the only ones who've talked about it on this on this pod. It's just universally universally known that the Celtics are at their best when they're moving the ball. And when it does get in late clock situations, when they do need to go ISO, they have the ability to do that. But their strengths have been those having those highly talented players who are scoring within the offense. And I think the most telling thing tonight, and it's, a, it's another degree of separation from what I just talking about, what, what I just spoke of. The first degree was we're not moving the ball and playing Celtics basketball. The second degree was, well, at that expense, we're running a two-man game with Kemba and Jason Tatum when Kemba really doesn't have it. And then, for some strange reason, Jalen Brown essentially became a decoy or the fourth option on offense tonight. Which, down the stretch, you needed Jalen Brown to be aggressive, and he pretty much didn't touch the ball. And, Trey, I don't know what, what your take is on that. Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart did have 26 points. He was 9 of 18 from the field, 6 for 13 from 3. So Marcus Smart actually had a pretty good shooting night. Jalen Brown, 17 points, 6 of 14 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3-point range. But I just felt like he wasn't involved enough in the fourth quarter. And I'm sort of wondering what you saw, particularly down the stretch, 
where the where the Celtics offense got stagnant and they just didn't utilize the weapons that they have. So I thought Jalen could have been a little bit more involved in the offense down the stretch, um, but he was the perfect decoy all throughout the game. Um, he was three for four from three. And like you said, Marcus Smart had 26 points. Uh, it was nine, nine of 18 from the field. He had a really good game. Brad Wanamaker came in, gave us 11 points, six assists, three rebounds, a couple steals. Um, and no turnovers. Right. He had a really good game. I don't know if you get that again in game two. Um, this game was a winnable game. The Celtics played based on how the Heat defended them. Um, and the Heat doubled Kemba Walker all night. So, I don't know. I just saw a lot of them blitzing Kemba, him trying to make the right play. And it's not – it didn't amount to anything. Um, I kind of liked the two-man game between him and Tatum. It didn't work tonight, though. I don't know if Stevens necessarily needs to switch it up. I think he just – they just need to emphasize what they've done well all season long, and that's move the damn basketball. And it's really that simple. And it took, you know, that last shot from Jimmy Butler in overtime, he was on his way down after being met vertically by Jason Tatum. He threw it up. He made a really, really tough shot. He got the end one. The three that he made at the end of regulation, really tough shot, guarded very well and just hit him. Jimmy just hit some big shots down the stretch. He finished with 20 points, but those I just gave you five points right there. And then Bam had the, the clutch block on Jason Tatum, who did have Marcus Smart open in the corner. If he would just peek to the side, just move, just move. They were just one extra pass tonight, one extra pass, and things would have opened up so, so much easier for them. And yet still, it seemed like Miami was scratching and clawing the whole game. And Adam, I know they did end up with some open looks, but it wasn't easy for them. It's just that they just kept moving the basketball, right? Yeah, like 32 assists on 40 made baskets. That's, that's elite. That's elite ball movement right there. Um, we had a pretty good, you know, we had a pretty good assist to basket made ratio as well. We had 24 assists on 39 made baskets. So we, like, that's proof that we went away from our shit. We probably would have matched you know, the percentage that, that uh, Miami had tonight if we just kept moving it. Um, and one thing you, you hit on was the Jalen kind of being the decoy was on a night when he goes three for four from three, there's no reason why he should be only taking four threes in the game. Um, on a night Kemba struggled the whole night, Stevens, again, is like force-feeding him the ball down the stretch. And it's like it's worked a couple of times. It has. Kemba's made some big baskets against, you know, Toronto, and, you know, he made one tonight to put us up one in, in with less than 24 seconds left in overtime. But he still went six for 19. You know, Jalen needs more involvement in that offense when on a night Kemba's struggling. Just, like, it's been, you know, Kemba's had, I think, now, like, four or five straight tough shooting games, especially from three. Like, you know, I know we want to get him out of that rut, but when he's not hitting them early, like, we need to just, you know, keep it moving with the offense with him and just stress to him that, you know, the shot may be there for three, but 
you know, you're shooting pretty decently from the mid-range. Just go to the mid-range and get that jumper instead of the three. Because if he hit some of those open threes earlier on, this game was over. Like, we would have been up 20 in the first if he hit a couple of his open threes. So, it's, I think getting – being more diverse on offense is, is definitely key. You know, the ball doesn't do great things when it sticks, especially in the playoffs. Right. And, and Mark, Tatum, Tatum did lead the team in – he did have an overall good game statistically, but I want to talk about two particular possessions, the possession in regulation and the possession in overtime. To me, both of those possessions seem like Tatum wanted to be the hero. He wanted to win the game and one resulted in the, the sidestep 30 foot three pointer and in another, he tried to challenge Bam at the rim for the dunk, and in neither situation did did it turn out that way that that the Celtics would have hoped. So, what does Tatum, or what should Tatum and the Celtics take from this game that they could maybe apply to Game Two? And if you're the Celtics, how are you feeling overall about the effort that you gave tonight? You took the exact words out of my mouth. Tatum tried to play hero ball. That last possession at the end of regulation was one of the worst possessions this team has had all season. They stood there until the clock ran out, and then they threw up a three that had no chance of going in. A garbage shot. It was covered, and they didn't make any attempt to get a good look at that. Uh, Miami did the exact opposite when they had a possession, and... It was, I believe this was one at the end of overtime. It was when Jimmy Butler got fouled. Uh, and he had the ball with a, you know 20 or so seconds left. And instead of waiting until the clock gets down to the last couple of seconds and throwing up a prayer, he got aggressive. He attacked the basket and scored with about 10 seconds left, um, maybe a little less, and uh, gave himself plenty of time and just made the best of his opportunity and got the best look. And uh, it was just the exact opposite of what the Celtics did in that situation. So those two possessions really for the Celtics are uh, just left a really sour taste because they had a chance to win the game and they didn't even take a good uh, good shot at it. So that was really, really frustrating. Um, As far as the effort as a whole, um, you know, they played hard. They played their asses off. They just, I don't think they played smart. Um, throughout the entire game. Um, Adam, you had said they played, what, 14 good minutes or so, somewhere around there? Uh, The rest of the game, they played stupid basketball. They weren't moving the ball on offense. On defense, they were leaving guys open. Can someone please tell this team that they're allowed to cover Jay Crowder? Because nobody was near him all night. He was getting open threes all night, and he was burying them because he's going to make that shot. And... The thing that drove me absolutely crazy was early in the game when the Celtics had a 12-point lead in the first quarter, and then I look up, and Grant Williams, Semi Ojeley, and Brad Wanamaker are all on the court at the same time. And then suddenly you blink, and it's a five-point lead because Brad decided, we're pretty safe here. We have a a double-digit lead. Let's put all the fucking bums in at the same time. And that game was on the way to potentially being a blowout because the Celtics had all the momentum. They were rolling. And then 
they just decided to cut their legs out from under him by putting in guys who don't give you anything on offense. Wanamaker ended up having a fantastic game, but Olgerle does nothing on offense, and Grant Williams can hit that corner three, and that's about it on offense. So you've got two guys who are just kind of standing there on offense, and the ball, that was the first instance of seeing the ball just not moving, where Kemba would stand at the top of the key until the clock nearly ran out, and then they get a really bad shot and get nothing out of it. I mean, I would hope that Stevens doesn't think a 12-point lead in the first quarter by any means is, is all right, we, we have this game in hand. I, I do think that not, he Not in hand, it. but, like, we have margin of error here. I, I, we can I do think, a, We can steal a rest for these guys that, and that's what he, get these guys in. That's what he was trying to do. I believe he was trying to just squeeze some minutes of rest for some of these guys based off of them coming off of that seven-game series. But, you know, pregame, he did have the interview. I was listening uh, to Grandy and Max in the pregame, and, you know, he talked about how much the Clippers going seven, I believe, is why game one would have been on Sunday, but it got extended to Tuesday. It had something to do with the other, the Western Conference or something like that. But he did emphasize how those extra couple of days of rest was very beneficial to the C. So, you know... I said I wasn't going to bring this name up, but in that situation, it is where you would where you miss a Gordon Hayward, where you know you don't have to have that type of lineup in the game so early just to get your guys rest. You but, never have to have that type um, of lineup in the game. You can work one or two of those guys in. You can't have Ojale and Grant Williams on the floor at the same time. It's just not going to work. It's going to just bring your offense to an absolute halt. And it did want to make her. I'm fine with because want to make her can play offense and want to make her was excellent tonight, but Williams, we all like Williams. He's made some positive plays. He made some really great plays at the end of the game seven, but he doesn't help you on offense. And Ojale is Ojale is just a guy. Like he doesn't really do much of anything. He defends a little bit and he's right now at this point, he's just a body off the bench because they don't have anyone else. Like putting all those guys in at the same time early in the game uh, when, you know, guys still got their legs and they're not gasping for air or anything. Like it's just crazy to me to do that in the Eastern conference finals. Like this isn't uh, a game in January against Phoenix on the second half of a back to back. Yeah. All in all, I mean, Tatum had 43 minutes, smart had 43 minutes. Kemba had 42 minutes, and Jalen had 43 minutes. Um, no Enos Cantor, Trey, in this uh, We talked about Cantor that. Cantor did actually play, oh, but he, he had didn't a log minute. a second because he got in for the rebound. rebound. Yeah, he he came in for the rebound. During, during uh, I think, when Jimmy was at the line or something. Yep, yep. I noticed that. I was. Uh, I, I, th- I immediately thought of Trey when I saw him come in. It was like, oh, we got some Cantor, and we knew as, what it was there for. As we all expected, he wasn't going to play. Yeah, I'm looking at the box score, and he didn't make the box score, so I don't know if that it's, just to, to, it's didn't. because he didn't play a second. It's because he hit the free throw, and then they called timeout, so uh, he officially didn't play a second, but uh, he checked into the game. Hmm, hmm, that's an interesting stat. I wonder when's the last time that happened. Um, so Robert, it was probably him. <laughs> so, so I mean, we talked about depth, Trey, and we did. We gave depth a strength for Toronto. We mentioned depth as a strength for Miami, but we also kind of bounced that out with knowing that both teams are going to shorten their rotations. But Miami was able to maintain a high a high level of play throughout the game. Like Miami's floor 
was higher than the Celtics floor, but the Celtics had the higher season, higher ceiling. And ultimately Miami's just sticking with the game plan one out. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't really think what Miami did was sustainable with certain players. I mean, you can't let Jay Crowder have five threes. You can't, you can't allow that to happen. Um, you got to defend them a little bit better. Um, somebody said this earlier, uh, but you got to defend the three better. Drogic, 29 points. Mm, yeah, we didn't even get to that. Um, that was – that hurt us in the end. I mean, it really hurt us in the first half, it felt like. Um, he got them all to a really good start, and then Jimmy just kind of – took over in the second half, like he does. Duncan Robinson only played 17 minutes. He's playing the role of, like, Kyle Korver. He just comes in there and shoots. He he was two of seven from the field. He was two of seven from three. He, he just comes in. trouble early, too. Right. Two quick ones. And then Tyler Hero was one assist away from a triple-double. He had 12 points, 11 rebounds, and nine assists. And last pod... I think G asked the question of why uh, he'd rank Hero over Robinson. I asked why would we rank Robinson over Hero if Hero's the guy that's going to be in the game. Oh, yeah. Right. And so I was saying that the reason why you should rank Hero over Robinson is because he's a playmaker. That's the reason, because I believe you had him in your top 10. For sure. Um, well, I was agreeing with that in the sense of he should be able to be the playmaker, the primary playmaker when he's in the game, um, especially if Drogic is on the bench. Yeah, so, and him and Drogic are the only ones other than Jimmy that can get their own shots. And he's not afraid to take the big shots. So. Right. I'd like to see what the Celtics can do going forward to try to limit him some. Um, he played 40 minutes, so. That's a guy that you know is going to be on the court. And I think the 40 minutes is a bit of an outlier because Robinson would have played more earlier if he didn't pick up those two quick fouls. So we'll probably see that come down to like 32, 34. Uh, and Robinson will kick back up. He only had 17 tonight, so he'll probably kick up to you know low to mid-20s, I would think. Yeah, Drogic still might hit that high threshold. He probably – those minutes would probably get taken away from like Derek Jones Jr. got five minutes. Kendrick Nunn got 13 minutes. So even yeah. even with Duncan Robinson foul trouble, I imagine they're going to want to play Goran Dragic. Oh, Dragic is playing 40 minutes a night. 40 minutes. And yeah, he, he's playing a ton. We'll get, we'll get everybody got an extra five minutes because of OT. But if you take Yeah, that's true. Five, that's true as well. Um, they all played at least like 34 minutes outside of Duncan Robinson. He only – how many minutes he played, including OT, because, yeah, I'm not sure. So, Adam, are there – if you're looking at the pros and cons, it's only one game, you know. Luckily for us and hopefully for our listeners, you know, there is some nuance involved in this. It's basketball. It's a game of runs. It's a, It could be a seven-game series. You win games. You lose games. There's a game within the game. You can't jump off the cliff after every missed basket, after every lapse on the defensive end, 
after every bad substitution. So give the folks, the millions and millions listening at home, give them some perspective on the pros and cons that we can take away from this game and apply to game two. I mean, I, I feel like the pros are definitely those 14 to 16 minutes where we jumped out to the lead in the first quarter. Um, and in that, that third quarter, we outscored Miami by 20 points in those two quarters combined. However, they outscored us by 20 points in the second and the fourth quarter. So made everything else a wash. But, I mean, I this team can play that type of basketball for the whole game. We've We've seen it happen where – Maybe not the whole game, but we'll see about, you know, 36, 40 minutes of great ball where, you know, they're, they're playing defense, getting out in transition, moving the ball, passing to each other, just keeping everyone engaged in the offense is – we've seen this team do that, and we know this team could do that. So that's why it's, I think it's frustrating to us when they get into these ruts where it's just, okay, like, why are we just doing these simple plays? Um, so – I think it's the, – the pro is we, we, we can agree that the, for the majority of the game, we played like shit. And for the majority of the game, Miami kept playing how they were playing, and we were still had a one-point lead with 24 seconds left in overtime. We had a five-point lead with a minute left in the game. Like, we just need to close these things out. Like, one, one good possession down the stretch, and we won this game. So the margin for error is slim. Because both teams play hard, both teams are well coached, but we have, we, I, I still feel like we have the best players in the series, and talent is what, what wins series. Hopefully, that'll prove true for us, but I have faith that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna come out swinging, hopefully, and this will be the game that Kemba, Kemba steps up. And one thing is, if he doesn't and he shows that early that he's still missing his shots, Please, more Jalen Brown. Just let me see Jalen Brown have the ball in his hands more. Mark, do you feel like the Celtics took Miami's best shot tonight? I think they might have, yeah. Miami, as Adam said, they were moving the ball really well, and they assisted on 32 of 40. So uh, they also – got uh, Jay Crowder's best. I mean, Jay Crowder was seven for 11. He was five for nine from three. Uh, Trey, I think you said that's, uh, that's not sustainable. It's sustainable if they keep leaving him open like they did tonight because he can hit those shots. They got to cover him better. If they cover him better, we know Jay Crowder really well. We know those are going to come down if they're contested. Uh, and Crowder is... Uh, a guy who, who will at times throw up some bad shots too. So if you get... Tighter coverage on him, he's going to potentially make some bad decisions. Uh, he's going to be he's going to be a net gain for that. I would for them. I would think he would do more good than bad. But still, you can definitely limit him if you give him a little bit more attention. Um, but Dragic was fantastic tonight. He really kept them in the game early on. Uh, he was able to get to the bucket pretty much whenever he wanted in the first quarter, and uh, was the reason that it was only a 12-point game, not a uh, you know 20-point game in that first quarter. That could have very easily got away from Miami in that quarter, and Dragic just wouldn't let it happen uh, while the other guys on the team were st- uh, still trying to you know get their footing and, and get going. So 
it might be the very, very best they have, but it's damn close. Um, the only player who you're looking at this, the only player who didn't play well was Duncan Robinson, and that was because he got into foul trouble. And uh, he's he's a good player, but he he doesn't score a ton. Uh, he more so opens up the game for for everyone else, and will knock down a couple of shots. So. Um, I don't expect Miami to, to be much better than this, but the Celtics can be a lot better. Uh, so I guess that's a positive you can take out of it is uh, Miami really brought it tonight and they played really well for most of the game and the Celtics didn't, and they still had a chance to win the game and really should have won the game. Yeah. And that's why if I'm the Celtics, I'm just dusting myself off. I'm getting back up tomorrow, ready to watch some film, ready to practice and get ready for game two, because I do believe they took almost their best shot. And the perfect example with that is you spoke of Jay Crowder and the Celtics leaving them open. And I don't even know if it was a matter of the Celtics leaving them open. It's just that Miami would find him when he did get open because they kept staying within this system and they kept moving the ball. And maybe the Celtics need to watch Miami's offense just to remind themselves of what they're capable of. But Jimmy, Jimmy Butler didn't really have a great game so maybe that's something that can change on the other end going into game two. But I didn't see a situation where the Celtics should be down on themselves. They just need they, – they don't really need to focus on Miami. They just need to focus on themselves and what they could do. Limit their mistakes. Have a few better offensive possessions. But, Trey, for me, it is a little bit concerning that the problems that they had today are the same problems that they had in the Toronto series. Not being able to close out. Um, Kemba Walker struggling, um, timely plays by the other team, you know, Celtics not being able to finish out the game when it came down to one or two possessions. Like that's a little bit concerning to me because you would think that we all, we didn't all, but we kind of felt like they survived Toronto. And if I just survived some shit, I'm going <laughs> to do my damn best to not get myself back in that same position. And do you have any concerns going into game two that this is a pattern that the Celtics are kind of digging themselves into against a better opponent? Not, not really concerned. Um, I'm Well, if I do have a concern, it's just that the Celtics have to play their game. So I think we have to go out there. We have to try to get buckets in transition, and that's going to be based off of our defense and how well that plays. Um, we have to go out there and move the ball around. Uh, Miami is a good defensive team, just as the Celtics are. Uh, so defending in the half court, both teams can do that. Um, Jimmy Butler got the best of us tonight. Um, he – Hit some clutch shots. He had a bucket where he just got a pick set for him, and then he just took off like a running back, drove right at Tatum, laid it up off the glass, and won. Um, so the Celtics just have to play their game. Like you guys have been saying the whole pod, move the ball around. Um, you can't – I think they were sucking into the pain just a little bit too much. Um, they were – losing the defense or oh, they were losing, they were losing like Jay Crowder and the shooters. Um, and then also Goran Dragic. I mean, there's always one guy that you can just let kill you. 
and you can still come out and win the game. We've seen it with Giannis. You let Giannis kill you, and you somehow you still win the game. So Goran Dragic, you let him, you know, Bam's going to set picks for him. He's going to get to his spots. He's going to throw up floaters. He's going to get shots. And maybe you can allow that to happen, and you can still win the game. Or you can just say, let's shut him down. Let's make it our priority to double him as, as they would double in Kemba so much. Let's blitz him. Um, so that's something Brad can throw, like I said, if he wants to switch things up in the second half. Um, so there's just little things that they can do. I'm confident in the Celtics. They've also got to hit their shots. Um, sounds cliche, but they got to hit their shots. Uh, I don't want to see too much ISO ball. Believe me, I love the Jason Tatum sidestep three, but I don't want to end up in too many of those situations when it's a close game. Um, and I also don't want him out there just kind of just shooting those when we're up like 10 and then we should just get a better shot, you know, because those, those shots could just swing back towards the heat. It swings the momentum back towards the heat. And I, I think we just need to be looking to get consistent shots every possession. Yeah. Make the smart play. Just find the open man, get the shot. There's one play that I actually wanted to bring up that uh, I didn't make sure I meant to earlier. Uh, Marcus Smart had uh, took a corner three, and he was shooting really well tonight, so I kind of get why he shot it. But when you look at the freeze frame, Jalen Brown is standing wide open under the basket, and there's nobody else on the screen. And Smart took a three and missed it, and Miami went the other way. That's an easy layup. Like When you have opportunities like that, you have to capitalize on them because that was two points a free two points that they passed up for a three, which it wasn't a contested three. It was, it was an open three and it wasn't a terrible shot except the circumstance of Jalen Brown being open under the hoop for a layup did make it a terrible shot because it was the wrong decision to make. Yeah. And I mean, this, this could have been a five minute pod, move the basketball, make the extra pass, find the open man, make Miami play defense and get back on play defense on the other end. I mean, it, it, it's pretty, it seems to be pretty much that simple. I don't think there's anything that the Heat did tonight that the Celtics couldn't, couldn't defend. It was, it was really the offense that just stagnated down the stretch that cost them the game, and I think that's the bottom line. So, um, side note, we just saw the Nuggets series end and how the Clippers, they were blitzing Jokic and Jamal Murray. Um, that's even something we could do with Bam Adebayo, who's got, who had nine assists in this game. Like Brad Stevens has all types of things he can do all, all throughout this series. Um, so, I'm com- again, I'm confident in the Celtics going forward. I'm not sure I want to take anything from the Clippers bag after what we just saw, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well... Adam, I'll give you the last word on this one. Uh, I said that the more disciplined team should be able to win this series and down the stretch because they're going to be close games. Like we expect this to be a hard-fought series. I, you took Adam, you took the Celtics in seven, but even though I took them, in, even though the rest of us took the Celtics in six, and they're going to be hard-fought games. You just think down the stretch with with the higher end talent that the Celtics can pull it out. So. To just give you the last word, Adam, is, is it as simple as, as I just said it? Just move the damn basketball? It is, man. At the end of the day, basketball is a simple game. And 
you know, when the ball stays in someone's hands too much, the outcome is usually it usually isn't what isn't what we're looking for. I like to compare it to if you when you're at when you're on the court playing pickup, you know, you, you start the game off, y'all moving the ball, everyone's touching it, you're getting open shots, you know, all of a sudden you get you're up like seven two, eight two, get a little comfortable, guys start just, you know, going one on one a little bit, missing some shots, other team, you know, Getting, getting, getting some nice rebounds, transition, all of a sudden, you know, it's 8-8 it's eight, eight going down the stretch. And you got to just, you know, a, a veteran, resilient team knows that once it gets to that point, you know, you got to go back to what got you that, that lead. And the team that goes back to it usually is the team that, that stays on the court, plays another game. So I think it's going to be important for us to just stick with it, stick with it, play, play the same, you know, our defense could have been better because, you know, guys like Crowder were wide open. But, you know, for the majority of, you know, we, we, we could play that smothering defense that's needed to beat Miami. And it's just about staying consistent for the full 48 minutes. Well, Celtics streak of seven straight game one victories ended today. And it'll, it'll serve them well to not put themselves in an 0-2 hole come Thursday night. So that wraps it up. We'll be back here after game two for better or for worse, hopefully for better. Thanks for checking us out. And if you can just rate, subscribe, review, you can find us on all platforms. You found us here, you know where to get us and follow all of us on Twitter and we'll catch you guys after game two.